This is The Immigrant View, a podcast for immigrants by immigrants. Welcome to the show. The Immigrant View is brought to you by ImmigrantNetworks.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Immigrant View. Hope you're having a fantastic, wonderful, amazing day. My name is Ayo Owuduni, as we like to say in Nigeria. Uh, it's a great pleasure being here with you. Uh, thank you very much for taking out time to be a part of this conversation. Uh, this is a great platform for you to learn, for you to expand your horizons, expand your views, uh, learn something new, or leave inspired, or a combination of a lot of those things as well. Uh, I am really excited for this conversation today. I'm excited for every conversation that we, we have on the Immigrant View. But this one in particular, hmm, Gengende there. Anyway, who am I speaking with today? She is known as Abba, Lady Abba. Uh, her name is Adejisola. Did I say that properly? Yes. Ah, thank you. Adejisola is a people manager with RBC, uh, Royal Bank of Canada. She's been working with RBC for 16 years. Uh, she's been in the banking industry for 30 years. She's a retail banking specialist, a team player, result-focused Consumer uh, high achiever as well. Prior to her current role, she was a branch manager where she led her branch to the senior management level. She's a coach. She's a mentor. She's a community leader. She believes in paying it forward and so many, uh, so much more uh, in her community. She does a lot in her community. She's a steering committee member of Federation of Black Canadians. She's the co-founder of Black Empowerment Council of Canada. She's a volunteer at JA Central Ontario, United Way Canada. She's a mentor with Access Employment and um, uh, TRIAC. She's an ambassador uh, with Algoma University. She's the founder of the Council of Nigerian Professionals and also the African Caribbean Council of Houghton. She is one single individual doing all these things. Uh, which is just phenomenal, amazing, and I am humbled and I feel privileged to have this opportunity to have a conversation with her. And may I say this before I bring her on, uh, when I was asking, you know, uh, you know, learning more about her during our first call, she said, I build leaders. And I thought that was just phenomenal. Uh, we need more people building leaders, especially immigrant leaders in our communities uh, across Canada. It's a, it's a pleasure having you, Lady Abba. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Ayo, for having me today. You know, when when my resume or my bio is read out like that, I just wonder who are they talking about? Are they talking about me or someone else? Because I'm just little me. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited and happy to be here. Thank you. I think one key question I want to ask you is, how do you balance it all? That that's jumping into my mind with all these amazing. And I know that the um, the Council of uh, Nigerian Professionals. Uh, you've just had an event, uh, probably a week or two weeks ago. You just had a very interesting event. I saw it online. I saw the flyer. This is amazing. How do you balance all of those things and a full time job, you know, and a family as well? And you're currently not even in Ontario right now as we're speaking. <laughs> well, um, that's a very, very good question. 
Um, I always tell people that when they do something that they're passionate about, time becomes inconsequential. Mm. So my work at RBC, my work in the community, everything I do are all the same. They're one and the same. So when it comes to time, um, and I'll say this, when God has given you the grace to do things, when it's your passion, it just becomes second nature. So balancing becomes secondary. Um, I enjoy what I do. And I said it before, when we had our first conversation, I said, God has given me the grace to understand my mission and purpose in life. It's the same thing I do at work, building leaders, motivating, elevating, coaching, upskilling, supporting. That's what I do in the community. The good news is when I do it in the community, I'm not just doing it. I have other community leaders supporting me in doing that. And that's it. I do the same thing. So there's no need to balance the time. <laughs> Fantastic. I like that. I like that. When we had our first conversation, you shared um, part of the early, earlier struggles or early struggles when you first uh, moved to Canada. And uh, I, I know some listeners always say, oh, your times have changed. You're talking years ago, but I think it's still important to be able to get an understanding of the resilience of, um, you know, the spirit of resilience that people have and had uh, when they went through their initial challenges of uh, settling and integrating into the Canadian system. Uh, those early years of Google and Yahoo Mail, and that's all we had, and libraries and things of the like, but somehow what I'm hoping is uh, we, we get from this is uh, if they can do it with the limited resources, we can do so much more now with the amount of resources. Can you share your story? And then you talked about your husband's story from 28 years prior, you know, when he first arrived. Would love to hear both stories. Um, and I really, really thank you so much. So uh, to people that said, uh, times of change. I want to ask every one of them listening today, how many of them got into Canada and actually got into the role, the, the same level mm. that they were coming from whatever country they, come, they came from? Were they able to get to that same level? If we're not getting to that same level, things are not better yet. Mm. It is still a work in progress. Now, talking about my husband, he's been here for over 28 years. My husband studied statistics in University of Alarm. He came here, it was, he felt like an entity. This is somebody that could have added a lot of value to, to the economy of Canada. So when immigrants lose, Canadians lose, the entire government loses. He even told me about trying to buy, uh, purchase a franchise. And they, and they kept dribbling him. And he was the one working on that franchise. Anyway, it was a bread franchise. He does everything. He supervises all the action. He employs and does everything that needs to be done for that franchise. But when it was time for him to buy it, they were dribbling him. And eventually, somebody called him aside and said, I'm sorry, they won't sell it to you. Don't stress yourself. He talked about a day when he was at the bus stop. In winter, the bus does not stop for him. You know, I could go on and on and on. 
But the point is, I'm grateful for people like my husband because I am standing on their shoulder. Yeah. I stood on their shoulder. When I came in and I was complaining to my husband, oh my God, this is, and he said, Adej Sola, it has changed. Mm. And I sincerely hope that that is the progression we're going to be seeing because we're not there yet. Talking about me 17 years ago, I was told, Adej Sola, there's no getting into the banking role. Forget it. Go on welfare. You have a son. They'll give you maybe a thousand dollars and a thousand one hundred. Wow. Or be a PSW. And there's no, uh, it's not as if I don't like PSW, but that's just not for me. Mm-hmm. I've been working for over 10 years in the banking industry in Nigeria before coming here. Banking was what I know. Banking was what I liked. Banking was what I wanted to do. And Aya, you know it. When we're leaving Nigeria, we say we're going to God's own country. Mm-hmm. So how can I now come to Canada, the so-called God's own country, and not get a job? And be told I have to be looked lower than who I am. And so, yes, I eventually got a job as a teller in the bank and people were laughing at me. Oh, I didn't tell her that we know that he's always jetting around, going to US, going to London, going to Europe. It's now a teller. Can you imagine? It's now a teller. They were laughing at me. There were a lot of people that refused to to take the entry-level job then said, no way, I would rather sit at home. Guess what? Canada lost all those talents that could have supported them. Not only did I get a teller's job, I'm the first child. I always, you know, spend money to support my siblings. The teller's job was not doing it for me. I had to work with UPS. I was loading and unloading trailer. Wow. Yes. And my first T4 in this country was $8,000. And when I say that a lot of people laugh with me or laugh at me, whichever one works, but I tell them I'm grateful for those experiences. And I did have certain experiences also in Nigeria that prepared me for things like that. So when I got to Canada, I'm like, "Mm, it's all right. I know God is taking me somewhere. Hmm. And so here I am today. A lot of people did not take that entry-level job. They're not in the banking industry. They're just doing what they don't like doing. You know, they're not in their profession. Mm-hmm. They lost. Mm-hmm. Canada is the biggest loser. And I say it again. A lot of people that say times have changed, are they leaders like they were where they're coming from? I got a call from someone in British, from British Columbia. She's, is, he wanted to introduce someone to me. I got to speak to the lady. She's worked with the federal government for 26 years in foreign affairs. She came here about two months ago and they told her, sorry, miss, you got to go to the factory. So it is still happening to everyone that says it's not happening. It is still happening. Mm -hmm. And I realized day by day that there's a, there's a need. There's a need for organizations like council of Nigerian professionals. I spoke to this lady and the lady was like, you're the first person that gave me hope. Mm. And I'm so happy she's looking to doing a business. I've told her some of the things she needs to look into and I'm supporting her with people in those businesses. There is still a lot of opportunity for us to actually land and thrive in Canada. And I will give you one more example before I stop, stop talking. One of my team members said, oh, Adesola, I want to refer somebody for you because we're hiring. And I said, go for it. He sent the email. The name looked English. 
and I, I didn't really know where the person came from, but I passed it on. And they called this person and they interviewed him. And my leaders that interviewed him told me, this person is super overqualified for what we want to give him. Mm-hmm. And then I took a deeper look at the resume. I realized he's a Nigerian. And I'm like, I, I, and I realized to their point that yes, he's overqualified. I picked up the phone, I called him and I said, I'm willing to offer you this job. And this is what I'm willing to pay you. It was like, wow. And I said, because we pay based on experience, right? And I said, but I need you to look at other roles first. Put this in your pocket. Look at other roles. If you're able to get those roles, then I'll rather you get those ones than this one. And I told him, I said, I am willing to reference you to give you a referral for those jobs. And if you find those kind of jobs in other banks, CMP has professionals in all these major banks that can refer you. And it was like, again, the same sentiments I got from that lady. She said, he said, you don't know me and you're supporting me. You are the only person since I came to Canada over two years ago that made me feel like human. Even my friends are dribbling me. So that is still the story of a lot of people. So when you say times have changed, mm. think about it again. Thank mm. you, Ari. Thank, thank you so much for, for sharing that. And, and in line with that story that you just shared, um, a challenge that I want to give us listeners as we settle and as we stay here longer, are we open to sponsoring people rather than just quote unquote mentoring? I think it's so easy to be in a position and a place where we can just provide feedback. Let me quickly look at your resume and give some feedback, those types of things. It's safer, you know, but when you're referring someone for a position or you're speaking on behalf of a person, you're also putting yourself on the line. Until we get to that place when we're going beyond just mentoring and we're now actually sponsoring people and opening doors or referring them for positions, things will still, things will take longer. But when we do that, things can move faster for individuals. And just a reminder for everyone, as we move through our stages in our integration process, when can you do it for that next person so that process is quicker for them as well. I'm grateful for those that opened doors for me and it took them making those calls, like you said, or reference, uh, sharing references and things like that. Those things really open doors uh, at, at the end of the day for me. When we spoke earlier, you talked about, you know, your passion about helping people get into leadership positions in Canada. That was something that you had mentioned to me. You build leaders and then you help them get into positions. I would love to hear more around that. How can individuals that are coming here, they're going into entry-level positions, or they found a way to get into a management position in the organization that they're working in, they're immigrants, and they're looking to now start getting into leadership positions, um, whether it is moving from lower-level management to higher-level management or mid-level management, or leaders on boards or leaders in their community, what tips or advice do you have for them to be able to start preparing themselves now and then also uh, when they feel the right time is in there, uh, able to jump in? Any tips for them at all? Thank you so much. Again, another good question. So the first thing I'll say is um, it's important for 
every one of us to try and network with the kind of people we want to, to become. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a lot of organizations in the Nigerian community now. Uh, Council of Nigerian Professionals, I, won't, I, I, can't, I can't talk about it enough. We have a lot of professionals you can network with and learn their story. And one of the things we do in Council of Nigerian Professionals is leadership series. So the leadership series, we bring leaders in to tell their story. How did you do it? What did you have to do? Um, how did you get here? Were there any courses that you had to do? And so when you network, you meet a lot of people. And please, please, please go for events. Yeah, I know Nigerians, we like Owambe. It's not always about parties. Please go for value adding events. Volunteer. Volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. It gives you a different kind of skill set. Um, you know, you're not paid to do it. The fact that you're not paid to do it and you're doing it just takes you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Believe you me. And it's you, you gain a lot of leadership skills just by volunteering. When I started with RBC, like I said, I started as a teller and eventually I grew into a salesperson. I soon realized that being a salesperson would not really give me the kind of clout, the kind of abilities that I would like to have. Uh, maybe speak up for someone, maybe motivate someone, because as a salesperson, you are a sole contributor. Mm. So I wanted that opportunity and I was doing that in Nigeria already. So I decided, you know what, I want to take that step. And believe you me, when I took that step, I did lose a lot of money because I was a financial planner then. And it was difficult. But today I'm grateful I did it because life is much more than money. So what am I saying? If you're an individual contributor and you know that leadership is what you want to do, you need to pivot. Pivot, learn from others that have done it, and believe you me, it is what it. One final thing I'm going to say is you got to study. you got to sharpen your skills. When I came to Canada, I did a few courses. I went back to school and I did my executive MBA. Mm-hmm. It really propelled me to the next level. If you don't have your MBA yet, do it. If you have it, look for a leadership course. The way studying is done here in this part of the world is way different from what we do in Nigeria. It will empower you, will keep you to be the best you can be. And you know what? If you're already working, look for sponsors in the, in the organizations that you have. You know, when you show yourself to be worthy to be sponsored, believe you me, you will get a sponsor. Right now, I have someone, actually, I have a few people that speak so loudly for me in my bank, but there's one that stands out. Every time somebody reaches out to me, they say, this person talked about you. This person talked about you because they know the kind of person I am. Whatever you do, do it well so that people will be able to stand tall and say, yes, I will speak up for this person. So, absolutely. One last thing. (laughs) CFP actually hired about 13 students this year. 13. And apart from working with us, we know that it's important to empower them. And these are youths, right? We know it's important to empower them. They're working for us for sure, and they're getting paid. But we're also adding value to them. We're building the leaders of tomorrow. We don't want them to get to age 50 and start learning the ropes. We want them to learn it now. 
We're teaching them leadership skills. We had an HR expert come in and teach them about, uh, you know, various types of skill sets that they can leverage. Uh, we're t- teaching them about financial literacy. So it doesn't matter where you are, really. You can be a leader. We're all leaders. You are married. You have a wife. You have your children. It, it doesn't matter whether you're a leader at work. You are a leader in your house. You're a woman. You're a leader, leading brothers, sisters, uncles, God knows what. So please, all those points, take them to heart. And that's how I've been doing it. And I'm sure we can all do it. Fantastic. Thank you for that. I have an understanding that you have a book. Can you share (laughs) a bit more about the book and how people can get a copy of the book? Wow. That is my first of many. (laughs) Yes, I have a book. I wrote a book and it was published March this year. So I mentioned, yes, I did mention that I found my vision and purpose in life. At work, that's what I do. In the community, that's what I do. My book, that is what it does. And my book stemmed from, again, my lived uh, experiences, you know, having to struggle. If, If it was, you know, if it was 2020, When I came in, I would have said I could have been depressed. I would have said I experienced some mental, you know, illness or whatever you may call it. Because when you feel lower than what you know you are, I struggled. I would say I struggled a little. But then, you know, in our country, never say never. You you, you never say those kind of words, right? We don't even agree they exist. But I, I went through that. And I felt, what can I do to make it better for somebody else? Same concept. The stories you will read in that book are stories that will motivate. The book speaks to everyone in their situation. It is called Authenticity. How my whammy moments shaped my life. So you will read a little bit about Lady Abba. You'll read a little bit about my story there. But one story that really, really always jumps at me is a story of one of uh, my friends. We actually went to university together here. He lived in a refugee camp for 14 years. Wow. He did not see his mom for 21 years. No, when you live in a, I, I don't know. Well, I don't have the experience, but when you live in a refugee camp, I'm sorry. You can't say today I want to eat McDonald's. You eat what you're given. It's either take this or forget it. Right. So when you think that you have issues, think again. Mm. And I want to also had that uh, Bloomberg posted um, a report about the fact that one-tenth of the world population is malnourished. Mm. So it's important for us to be grateful. So my book will show you how to be grateful where you are. How can you get it? www.ladyabba.ca And Abba is spelled A-B-H-A, am I correct? Yes. Okay, so ladyabba.com, the title of the book, Authenticity, How My Why, um, How My Why Shaped, uh, Changed My Life? Am I correct? How My Why Me Moments Shaped My Life. Okay, How My Why Me Moments Shaped My Life. Fantastic, that is awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, I feel the energy, I feel the positivity. 
Uh, it's so inspiring. Thank you for all you do in our community. Um, thank you for giving back. Thank you for serving. You're making such an amazing difference. I've been following you on LinkedIn for some time. And I, I know we need to bring this person on the podcast. So uh, thank you for all you do. It's really, really inspiring. I'm really, really grateful. And the idea is everyone that has been touched by one person or the other, whether it's by Ayo, whether it's by Adichisola, whether it's by David Odige, whether it's by Oya Bioya, and I'm talking about people that made CMP to be what it is today, whether it's by Teniola or Nobanjo, whether it's by Kemi Abiola, pay it forward. Mm. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. It's not always about you. And I say that if all we do in life is about you, and when I mean you, I mean you, your children, your husband, your wife, your children, whatever, your family. If it's all about you, what have you done differently? Do something that won't necessarily add value to you, but will add value to somebody else. You have skills, share the skills. You have experiences, share it. You have knowledge, share it. There's a lot of talents in the graveyard. Don't be like that. Share your talent. It's even in the Bible. Don't bury your talent. Thank you. Fantastic. And we'll end it there. I really like that. Let's all pay it forward. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. To the listener, thank you so much for listening or watching this. Um, please remember you can hit a like. Uh, you can share comments uh, in the chat. You can recommend this to another immigrant's let us uh, share this message with one another so we can help each other thrive, help each other soar. Thank you very much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Why don't you do us a favor and share this podcast with a friend or colleague? The Immigrant View is brought to you by ImmigrantNetworks.com. Hi, I'm Nick Norani, founder and CEO of Immigrant Networks. Listen, if you're an immigrant or an international student, Looking to find a job and expand your network in Canada? Immigrant Networks is for you. Immigrant Networks, we say, networking to get working. It is a community built by immigrants just like you to help you overcome one of the biggest challenges that immigrants have when they come here, and that is finding and retaining a job. Visit our website today and get matched within days with someone from your profession and learn and grow. Immigrant Networks, networking to get working. Music provided by bensound.com.